if you feel it, then you feel it. You feel the, the idea of, a, of an image of a photograph on, on paper is something really pristine, or, or I don't know, for, for lack of better word, they are. It's something really excellent, just. It's something that brings out different emotions when looking at the image, and, and so on and so forth. I mean, I could go on forever. In a nutshell... This photography podcast is brought to you by Frames, quarterly printed photography magazine. Here is your today's host, W. Scott Olsen, with another fascinating conversation. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another podcast from Frames Magazine. My name is Scott Olson, and today, folks, today we, we are doing something you've been waiting for. We're doing something special. And I got to tell you, if I had access to theme music, if I had a library behind me of all the music out there that I could play to make this podcast sing, I would choose today the theme music from the movie Superman. We have a guest today you have been waiting for, and guess what? It's Tomas. Tomas Chabiatowski. The founder, the editor, the publisher of Frames Magazine is, is finally going to come out and, and explain everything about the behind-the-scenes work that he can. Tomas, welcome. I'm looking forward to this. How are you doing today? Uh, hi, Scott. Thanks so much. Uh, great. <laughs> nice intro- introduction. Well, I'm doing great. I feel a, a bit like, you know, uh, like coming home or something like this, you know, by, when jumping on this Frames podcast. It's it's nice talking to you. And uh, yeah, I will do my best to, you know, like you just prompted, you know, I would try to uh, reveal some behind the scenes. <laughs> but not everything. <laughs> Don't expect everything, right? Uh, <laughs> Oh, and, and everything and then some, Tomas. Now, That's I mean, it. To be, to, to, to be fair, you and I have talked, you know, of, of, a lot over the last year. So we know each other relatively well. But there's a lot of people out in the Frames universe, you know, that only see you from the editor's applause or only see, you know, your name go by. And there's already a lot of history that has been created in the Frames universe. So I'm looking forward to, to sort of unpacking this for everyone and, and retelling and, and celebrating the Frames story. But let, let, let's begin long before Frames. You are a photographer yourself. You are a husband. You're a father. You're a teacher. I mean, there, there's a lot of elements to your life that most people don't know. So Bring us up to speed a little bit. You were born in Poland. How did you get from there to where you're sitting right now? Okay, I will do my best bringing up to speed. You know, I'm 45 <laughs> years old, so there is a, a, a much to unpack, right? <laughs> I was born in Poland, in, in Gdańsk, north of Poland, the city just, you know, at the, at the shores of the Baltic Sea in 1975. So you can do the math, right? I think I was about right. <laughs> Yeah, Tomas, uh, that's that's the year I graduated from high school. Thanks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, even one more one more thing we have in common, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, so born there, born in Gdańsk, Poland, seventy five. The first thing my parents, you know, discovered in me, so to speak, was that I liked music a lot. I think mm-hmm. it was, you know, I was around five or six. They they noticed, you know, I. I was sitting next to, you know, radio speakers and, you know, listening with them to, to all kinds of music, you know, my, my father and mother, but, but father, mainly father is really into, into all possible kinds of music. He, he loves jazz, blues, you know, classical music, uh, rock and roll. And yeah, he's like really open, you know, to everything possible. And I was next to him. I was very often, you know, discovering those tunes, those pieces, 
And when I turned, I guess, six, they decided, okay, let's give it a go. Let's give it a try. Maybe he wants to play an instrument, you know? And they found me a private piano teacher for a year just to put things a bit in, in, in context. This was communist Poland, right? This was right. Uh, 75, right. so st- still kind of deep communism. My parents could not afford a piano. So the very first year of me being a pianist was me sitting at the paper, you know, a paper keyboard, basically, a thing which you unfold on on the floor uh-huh. in front of you and, and, you know, and learning the keys, learning the... Uh, the notes and everything. This, I, I think I spent three or four months playing on a paper keyboard and just visiting this private piano teacher. And there I could, you know, there, there I was touching the, 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 the real instrument, you know. Were, were you trying to hum the notes or, or, or whistle or, or sing as you were doing that or just memorizing what key is what note? Uh, good question. I can't answer this. I don't remember. Maybe, maybe you know, maybe, <laughs> maybe my, the, the funny thing about my father, and I hope he's not listening, is that he loves music, but he should not be the one humming or singing because, <laughs> 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 yeah. So uh, my, it was probably my mom who was, you know, singing along. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. So, you know, a six, then with, and then everything went, went well. I mean, I, I kept enjoying it. So I, I ended up in a in a music school, you know, primary, secondary music school, continuing into into college in Gdańsk. So I, I you know, I did the entire route, you know, the edu- music education route up to up to the second degree, which I then already did here in Switzerland, where I where I live today. So I am I'm a musician. That's it, and I'm still doing it today. I'm I'm now working at my alma mater, so to speak. Yeah. So I'm. I'm teaching now chamber music and, you know, playing myself a lot. So music definitely has always been, and and I hope it will continue to be a big part of my life. A, a really early and, and lifelong dedication to the arts is is special. I, and I, I should tell everybody, you know, that if they Google your name, there are videos of you playing out there. Uh, and it is extraordinary work. I've had the good fortune to watch it. I mean, it's, it's you're good. But so you're playing the piano. You are heading down that career. How did the camera come in to be any part of this? Yeah. So, well, the, I think the first encounters, you know, with photography or with cameras were also thanks to actually my parents and again, mainly to maybe my father who was, he was really into photography, you know, those uh-huh. years, uh, as poor and difficult the times were, we got access to, you know, to, to Russian analog cameras, you know, film rolls and, and so on. It, it, it was in the culture, so to speak. And many people were actually practicing and enjoying photography. And mm-hmm. so, so, so were my parents. And, uh, this was the first point of contact, so to speak. So, you know, I saw a couple of those Russian cameras. We were developing some, I remember, uh, uh, rolls of film in our bathroom, basically, right? In our, <laughs> yeah, in the bathtub, right? And then hanging yep. them to to, to, yep. to dry out and, uh, you know, a red light <laughs> in the bathroom, yep. all of that. So, uh, so I went through it and I was helping out. But, you know, it was not the moment when I really... Um, got infected, I think, with the passion. It came later. I mean, I, it was already in me. I, I was aware of it. My father had a lot of photography books at, at, at our place and so on. But, you know, I, I was mainly into music and it was only after I actually moved to Switzerland, which is year 2000. So I mm-hmm. came to Switzerland, to Lucerne, for, for postgraduate pianist diploma here. 
And at the same time, I, I had a, <laughs> this is also a, a funny, quick little story. So I come to Switzerland, start studying here, you know, start taking lessons with my, with my teacher here in, in Switzerland. And after three months, I think, or two months of being here, just before the first Christmas, so Christmas of 2000, there is a piece of paper on a, on a, on a board when you enter the school. We are looking for a pianist for a Christmas, New Year, Antarctic cruise to deliver some music at dinners, at, at, you know, at, at gatherings, <laughs> afternoon teas, and so on. And I thought to myself, you know, well, I come to Switzerland, I, 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 you know, I come from Poland, I, I have not been to many places, why not to go to Antarctic, right? <laughs> oh, the, man. The whole, the whole, you know, the, this was a kind of a, a deal or an offer, you know, a student kind of story. So they were covering all the costs of the, of the entire, I, I was, I, but I got a passenger status, so I could join people, you know, on the boats, visiting places in Antarctica, looking at penguins and, and icebergs and everything. I just had to play every evening for two hours. <laughs> and okay, now to the late photography link. Yeah. When going to Antarctica, I thought, well, it would not be the worst idea to have a camera with me. <laughs> right, right. And this is when I bought my very, very first, my own, you know, very first camera. It was a digital camera. I can remember it very well. It was Canon PowerShot G1X or GX1. The, the very first PowerShot of, you know, from Canon. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, went on the trip, photographed some, some amazing landscapes and, um, wildlife and, and, and uh, came back home, you know, uh, and then I, you know, had a bunch of the images on my memory card. So I had to figure out everything out, right? Well, what do I do it with this, with those images now? Yeah. Do I, how do I download them to the computer? How do I edit them? And that's how it started. So, you know, Photoshop, downloading, copying, editing, and uh, yeah, the rest is history. I, I just loved the, the entire process uh, so much of, you know, looking at things and then kind of translating them into my own, you know, final pieces. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that that's the origins. Well, you know, a lot of your work these days is more urban. Is that, is just that, that, that an accident of where you're living? Is landscape still something that you're chasing? No. So, well, Ant- <laughs> the Antarctic trip, it... It was a one time off, you know, kind of yeah. incident. Uh, but then, yeah, you are kind of close, yeah, right? So because I still, you know, I kept studying. I then and they, and then I continued working, of course, at the at the College of Music. Uh, I was busy with 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 music, so to speak. But at the same time, I really wanted and felt like I want to pursue my my photographic, you know, passion. So. It was just practicalities. It was the easiest thing to do, you know, in between those music rehearsals and going, you know, back and forth home to work and back, you know, school. I always had the camera with me, but I was, of course, then on the streets. I was on the streets of of Lucerne mainly. And that's actually how I went really deep into kind of street photography. I made an entire project on, on Lucerne, black and white photography. Yeah. So, so yeah, I think you, you, you found the right, uh, spot here. <laughs> it's, it's mainly urban and, and kind of abstract images of urban spaces, which I really enjoy. And, and the, the abstract part is something that I want to key into because you have a series on Venice that you call Venice Rediscovered. And, and they, they are not 
you know, the tourist pictures. They're, they're not the things you're going to see on the calendar of, um, you know, great cities. They are really moody. They're really evocative. So, so tell me about the appeal of the abstract. I mean, your piano side, that's chamber music. That, that's really technical and, you know, what was you know, virtu- virtuosity style mm-hmm. playing. And yet you're going for abstract photography early on. Is, is that yin and yang or is that something else? Yeah, again, you are, you are getting very close, I think, to some parallels here. And, uh, you know, as a musician sitting at the piano and, and it doesn't really matter very much if it's now chamber music or solo playing or, you know, whatever it might be. But I think the main part of, of music making for me is, is looking for, for mood. Yeah. For, for, for the atmosphere, for, you know, kind of what's the word? Immersing myself into, into the, mood of the any particular piece that i'm playing right now right so and music uh-huh. of course is something well completely abstract so to speak right it does it's not tactile it's just exists we hear it we we enjoy or you know discover different interpretations of the same piece which are creating again different uh, images and uh, you know playing music i was always thinking in terms of stories in terms of images in terms of particular atmosphere, you know, or, or memories. And I think when I discovered photography and I went this path, the photographic path, I started kind of doing the opposite uh, or the similar, so to speak, uh, from other perspectives. So I was looking for images that are not so real, that are not so, you know, tactile and cl- clear and uh, very easy to define, but I was looking for for atmosphere, for mood. Yeah, like just you, you just mentioned, right? So... That's why I think even when walking the streets, you know, the ordinary mundane streets and and looking at, you know, everyday scenes, I was always and still am looking for this for this second or third layer of the reality. What's behind the, you know, facade, what's behind the what our eyes see immediately, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. looking for shapes, for, you know, for for blurry objects, for, um, yeah. Atmosphere, and, and that's why also black and white. I think it somehow, you know, corresponds with those uh, emotions of mine. For people that have not seen a lot of your work, you are primarily a black and white photographer, and that is for the mood. So that, that, that's a, a a statement you're making. I guess so. It's you know, it it everything it everything happened like most of the things in my life instinctively. So it was not a one day when I decided. You know, I, I will just from now on ju- do only black and white it it happened really organically and uh, i had my attempts kind of of getting back more consciously into color photography but they did, did not work till now you know so 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 greatly so it, black and white always drags me back so i think i i guess it's something really natural and instinctive in my case right Right. So, you know, you have these pictures of Antarctica and you have these pictures of Lucerne. Tell me about sort of an early professional success with, with your own photography. When somebody else looked at it and said, you, you know, Tomas, this is pretty good stuff. Oh, in terms of success. Well, it depends how we define success, right? So <laughs> <laughs> definitely one of those first small successes were, you know, as a photographer, where were moments, you know, with with people who, you know, with friends, with people who I care about, with uh, people who I know are into art and photography, who know about photography, who, you know, 
study history of it, or you know, people who, so to speak, know what they are talking about, right? And right. those people, those people who I know locally or you know, friends, uh, reacting to my images, it was it. It was almost like enough of a validation for me in those first stages. So I would almost almost define it like a, like the biggest success, you know, when when someone you just know and trust and and you know f- respect gives you this this nice positive feedback and maybe also you know some advice and 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 criticism as well and you know anything what but you feel that your work is kind of causing a, a reaction. Mm-hmm. That's already big success because, as we know, some images just you know go un- unnoticed or, or, or you know there's no reaction. But if there's a reaction to any given image, if positive or negative, actually for me it's already a definition of some kind of success because it means exactly that this very image is there is some emotions uh, you know packed into this into this frame. Uh, I, I I love that, and and I, I couldn't agree more. You know, you know, for many years uh, I ran a literary magazine, and we didn't pay our authors uh, a dime. We couldn't. We didn't have the budget, but we had people wanting to be in the magazine because of good company. They they wanted to be with the other writers that that were in there. So I think, you know, as in photography and any art form, the the comment of peers, you know, wh- whether it's advice or whether it's praise or whatever, I mean, to be in good company means more than you know a trophy on your bookshelf i think yeah yeah, yeah. And, and and of course if sorry to interrupt but of course uh, being actually a, and this is for a different conversation but <laughs> being a what i would rather define an introvert even though i am out there you know online and you, you can google me <laughs> as you said <laughs> but you know i i i surely sure i changed over the years but i was as a as a teenager, as a, you know, in my twenties, I was re- really a shy person and really introvert, and, and and that's why probably I was looking for ways to express myself, right, through music, through photography, and so on. So naturally, with this my own, you know, personal development, I was also looking for ways to to sh- to show my photography, you know, to to broader audiences, of course. So after coming to Lucerne, for example, I, I started photographing Lucerne. You know, I was fascinated by by a new place. I, I got this idea of, uh, it was called Lucerne Times. <laughs> I, I set up a Facebook page, a blog, and I was sharing, I guess it was weekly or, or even, you know, two images a week. I was sharing black and white photographs of Lucerne. And it, it got noticed, you know, a local press wrote about it. People started ordering prints. You know, I created few ca- a few calendars of, of Lucerne, you know, with those black images. Yeah, you know, so I would say... Small, small successes along the way, you know, one exhibition or two here in Lucerne of this, of this project and so on. But I guess me being this introvert, but at the same time, actually enjoying, you know, connecting with other people. Uh-huh. Um, I think that's where the origins of me going direction publishing that are, where they really lie, you know, this foundation, because... I think it, this is in the end my my place to be. Sure, I, I love going out and photo creating my own images, but there is some kind of a, a special balance between those two activities, you know, publishing other people's work and creating my own. I, I think I need both in some way. 
Oh, very cool. Um, I, 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 we're going to get to the publishing here in just a second, trust me. But I, but I do have one more question just about your own work. You have sort of a, a running, ongoing title of just observations mm-hmm. uh, for your work now, which is both, you know, adroit, but, but, but it's also, you know, pretty all-encompassing. Is, is your work just serendipitous these days? These are things you happen to see, or is there a project here that is developing? This particular series, you know, it consists also of, of of images which I created earlier, you know, in in earlier years, and now I kind of, you know, so I so I um, what's the word? I curated I curated my own portfolio of those of those older images, and now I try to continue with this series. It's an open project, absolutely open, so it's not narrowed down to any specific you know, geographic location or subject or, or subject matter and so on. That's why I came up with this title. And by the way, it's not a very unique title. I think there is a f- <laughs> many photographers using the title <laughs> observations for, because, yeah. it, because it is what it is. I mean, I am definitely, as a photographer, I am, I am the one who, who is reacting 90% of the time, not pre-planning and pre conceiving the images yeah i am this is it the right word i don't know reactional uh, yeah no that's photographer and 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 i love the work and you know your early work you said was street photography so there's something about that sort of accidental serendipitous moment and you've got your camera ready that that, that's one of the real thrills of photography uh for me and and Mm -hmm. i do love the series you're doing so okay you wake up one Tuesday morning and you say, hey, I think I'll do a magazine about Fujifilm cameras. Um, <laughs> mo- most people involved with frames know that you have another publishing venture uh, as well. A- a- another huge, international, very popular, high-demand magazine called Fujilove. So t- tell me the story of Tomas and Fujilove. Yeah, so you see, again, this is uh, one thing leads to, to another, right? So it's all logical steps on the on on this story of mine i come like i said i come to lucerne you know i moved to switzerland i still photograph at that point with uh, dslr cameras as i used i think some canon dslrs and some nikon dslrs you know but with time because as i said i was you know always on my wa- on my on my way between you know home work so i had to carry this equipment and it was getting heavy uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so as simple as that, uh, a very typical story when it comes to Fuji, at least the early Fujifilm cameras, right? <laughs> I was looking for a lighter camera for something which I can just throw into my bag and, uh, as you said, have it with me at, at all times. One day I go to the local photography shop, you know, and, and, I, and I look at cameras and actually I was still standing outside. I look at the shop window and there is this little analog, old, quirky, strange-looking camera, you know. I look at the at the tag and it says Fujifilm X100S. I like the looks of it, you know. I went in, I asked the, uh, them to, 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 to show it to me and I tested it for like 20 minutes, <laughs> took out my wallet and, and went out with, it, with the camera. <laughs> oh my, okay. Yeah, and, and so you can say... Love at first sight, absolutely. So I, I, I really love this camera, and I today I have you know the the next model with me here. I think it's the X one hundred V. It's uh, mm-hmm. the third next mm-hmm. model, right? But I really love this series, and it's very often still with me in my bag. This the the X one hundred series camera. It really allowed me to exactly be on my on the uh, you know uh, on the go, 
react very quickly in case there is something, you know, happening with the light, with the scene, something on the streets. But but that, that that's still a pretty big step to publishing a magazine. <laughs> well, <laughs> I am sometimes quick, you know, and sometimes I'm too quick. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it, yeah, well, I don't exactly remember when it was the release of Wax 100S. I guess it was 2013 or 11, maybe. Anyway, I, I love the camera so much that I set up a blog on the internet devoted to Fujifilm, you know, cameras and photography and opened a Facebook group or something like that and started building a community around it. And, uh-huh. you know, it was one of the first Fujifilm communities on the internet. So the timing was on my side, so to speak. Uh, started growing pretty, pretty fast, you know, people enjoying it, exchanging, you know, their images, uh, opinions, you know, tips and tricks and everything possible. And it was actually a suggestion from one Fujila Facebook group member one day. I think somebody dropped a comment saying something like, what about a magazine for us? Is there something like, <laughs> you know, is there anything around? And I, I think I commented like, not yet, but, but stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> and I think the next thing I was doing, you know, was, was looking for people um, willing to, to, to write for the magazine and, and, uh, you know, and for somebody who could put the layout together. And, uh, and it was, it was a few, few months later, I think we released the, the very first edition of Fujilaf magazine. Let's take just a quick break. We hope very much that you are enjoying today's episode. The very fact that you are listening to this podcast suggests that photography means a lot to you. And if that's the case, you might want to have a look at Frames, quarterly printed photography magazine. We truly believe that excellent photography belongs on paper. Visit readframes.com to find out more about our publication. And now, back to today's conversation. But Tomas, magazine, print magazines, and, and you know, obviously this is going to lead into frames here in just a second as well. Print magazines are these days counterintuitive. I mean, th- th- they are, if, if you were to talk you know, in the abstract, they're a bad idea. You know, everything's <laughs> going digital. So why, as everything's going to, you know, let me read this on, on my iPad, did you decide to bring out something with paper and staples and glue? Okay, so first uh, was the Fujilab magazine, which is which was only digital, right? It, digital publication. After I think four years of of publishing Fujilab magazine, we had an attempt to uh, not an attempt. We actually had four editions of Fujilab printed magazine. But because Fujifilm, of course, uh, and, you know, Fujifilm community is a, it's kind of a niche group of people, this printed magazine idea in that case uh, did not work out simply financially because, um, yeah, print costs way more. It's a physical right. product. And if you right. want to put it on a certain, you know, level of printing and, and that's what I was usually aiming for, right? Or always aiming for, for, for the top. If, if, if it's out there, it should be top quality. So... I learned a lot on this on this Fujilaf printed magazine attempt, right? But have to g- give up on this project simply for for fi- because of financial uh, reasons of of this particular part, printed part. Right, of, just yeah, giving yeah, up yeah. just on the print. Fujilaf is still yeah. out there and it's growing and it, it's great, but uh, it's huge. Yeah, but this idea that I mean, in the first place, I I I went for it, so to speak, for this printed magazine 
Fujifilm magazine because I, I really already then did believe that an image, a photograph on photo, a photograph on paper is something, yeah, absolutely special and takes it to the next level, you know, from the, from the computer monitor, right? Computer screen. So it stayed absolutely in the back of my mind, back of my head and, you know, was working in the background. And I guess it was three, four years later when, when I thought to myself, yeah, no, I, I really have to do it. It's, it's just, it's just killing me, you know, sitting in, in the sto- back of my head. <laughs> and I am this kind of person. If something, something starts killing me, I have to get it out of, <laughs> of, of my system. And, um, it was the very first year of, of our pandemic now, right? COVID pandemic. So printed magazine, global pandemic. And Thomas goes out and says, oh, let's do a printed photography magazine. I mean, okay. You know why, people, why some people call me crazy, but we are, we are here. We are here with the, with the sixth edition, you know, of, of frames coming out in, a, in, in, a, in two weeks. So, so th- t- tell me about the morning you woke up and you said, yeah, I'm going to do the, this high-end, this high-quality print magazine that's going to be on exquisite paper, that that's going to be bound as, as well as any magazine on the planet, and I'm going to do it. I mean, what, 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 tell me about the, the real birth of frames as an idea. You know, of course, being into, into different kinds of photography circles throughout those years, uh, you encounter you know i mean you have different conversations you 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 talk about print you 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 collect books you if you feel it then you feel it you feel that idea of a, of an image of a photograph on on paper is something really pristine or i don't know for for lack of better word they are it's something really excellent just it's something that brings out different emotions when looking at the image and so on and so forth i mean i could go on forever in a nutshell i just felt this urge, very clear urge to, to just do it. I mean, this is how I function, right? So it was, of course, not like you say, one day I woke up, it was this idea working in the background. I was thinking how to approach it, what I was thinking about the mistakes I did with the Fujilove printed magazine and how to make it actually happen, right, this time. And one more thing also added to this to this whole story there was the fact, of course, that Fujilove magazine and Fujilove, um, you know, the entire platform is... Yeah, by definition, it's focused on, on Fujifilm photographers and their work, right? Yeah, but needless to say, I, I was along this way, even though creating the Fujifilm magazine, I was, I was always interested in what's going on and happening in the entire, you know, photography world. And uh, I was looking at different kinds of work. And then I also felt there is this gap. I mean, sure, there are, there are at least a few excellent photography magazines. Many of them, taking a, a specific angle at things, you know, maybe it's a black and white photography, maybe it's only landscape, but there are, of course, at least a few excellent publications, that's that, that's clear. But I looked around and I didn't really find a, a magazine that, that embraces, you know, all possible genres, all possible photography mediums, you know, all, all possible directions. And I just went for it. I mean, I, I just really, I just really thought because you know, I I believe that you, let's say, being a, a black and white photographer or landscape photographer or a product photographer, right? I really believe that looking at different kinds of work, like completely different kinds of work, of of you know, of the highest level, it can really add to and benefit your own work in your genre. 
you know? So me being a, let's say, a, a portrait photographer looking at landscape, at great landscape work, can, I believe really strongly, it can add to my development as a, as a portrait photographer. And I think it was one of the also very strong ideas be, behind creating frames. I wanted to put it into hands of different photographers that will enjoy exactly this, you know, quarterly portion of very strong inspiration coming from different directions. And I think it's, 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 it's working this way. And it, it's, it feels like people appreciate really this approach. Oh, it, it's working beautifully, I think. T- tell me about the, you know, the, the nuts and bolts of issue number one. You had to find a printer. You had to find you know the paper. You had to find people to help you out. You had to find contributors. I mean, I, and I remember there was an issue with volume one with, with the, the, the paper and the way it was originally coming out. Tell me about the birth. T- tell me about making nu- volume one real. Okay, so the idea is there, right? Uh, I I, I wake up that morning. (laughs) The the, the decision, let's say the decision is there. I'm going to make it happen, you know? So then um, I started looking at all, all, you know, necessary parts of of this process, which, you know, which has to be organized. So mainly printing, right? Of course, I looked around, you know, I had some information. As I say, I, I, I didn't go into photography in 2020, but in 2000 you know, one or 2000 exactly. Right. So I had some contacts, I had some information, but of course I made my research. I, I looked for printers around, uh, I'm based in Switzerland. So I started looking in, in Europe and, uh, yeah, you know, one phone call after another. And I ended up at Taylor brothers in, in Bristol, UK. That's where frames is mm-hmm. being printed t- till today. Right. They used to print. I don't know if they're doing, doing this still, but there is a lifestyle magazine of top-notch lifestyle magazine called Kinfolk. They used to print this magazine. And uh, actually, it is coincidence because my my wife uh, uh, happens to love this Kinfolk magazine. (laughs) And uh, so first I got in touch with Taylor Brothers, and then I realized that they used to print Kinfolk magazine. And we had a couple of editions of Kinfolk, you know, at home. And when I took it in my hands and, you know, like, imagine great photography being printed by them, it was almost like no question for me that I'm, you know, trying to do it with them. And they also have much, much, much experience with printing photography books, you know, big volumes, magazines. And right. so, right. yeah, so I found the printers. When it comes to layout, I'm, I was already, I mean, I was lucky enough to already have the person. It's, uh, her name is Danny. Danny Corbett, she's a layout designer, designer also from the UK. It's all coincidence. Somehow many things are happening in the UK, which has also some disadvantages these days after the <laughs> after the Brexit. <laughs> but but I'm really with the work, you know, those people are, are are doing for frames. So Danny is also working on on the layout of frames, and she actually prepared the original layout. And I couldn't be actually more happy about it. It's you know how how, how it ended up looking. Yeah, step by step. I don't know. <laughs> Ask me more questions. You know, step by step. <laughs> uh, it, every day, you know, printers, layout, proofreading of the text, of course. We had Michael Kenna in the very first edition of Frames, which uh, right. which added a little bit to the to to, to our headaches. This is a, an issue I was not so extremely much aware of. You know, black and white printing. So you know, all the all the 
color profiles and compatibility right. of those profiles between my computer, their computer, printing machines, you know, and Michael Kenna's computer in, at his place. So this was something I, I really learned hard, you know, hard way. <laughs> yeah, it's a tricky thing. So he sent us files. And of course, I was aware of it, but we are really tuning it up a couple of times till they looked the way he, Michael Kenna, you know, wanted them to look. So, and he was also very, very helpful because, I mean, it's not the first time he was dealing, obviously, with this kind of problems. So, yeah. Well, I, 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 I remember, and, and I'm trying, you know, there's like a proto version of volume one floating out in the universe right now. Images that were, that were printed. And then you would say, nope, th- this is not quite what I'm looking for. And, and there was some back and forth. I mean, very happy back and forth between the press and, and you and, and the staff. Yeah. So it, it but you, you have an insistence on quality, quality of printing that, of course, defines the mission of the magazine, but is also really, really rewarding when the, the issues do get to us. Got a dozen more questions about the, the print magazine itself, but the, the one that I have to ask, you know, right around now, you're building this print magazine. You are also putting a lot of work in developing an online community. I mean, Frames Magazine, a, a magazine dedicated to photography on paper, has a huge digital presence. Not only is the Facebook group, you know, tremendously large, you've got the newsletter, you've got Instagram, you've got the app. You, I mean, th- there's more electronic stuff going on with frames than most purely electronic magazines. What, what is your intent there? And, and what, do, what do you see as the relationship between all the digital stuff and then this brilliant little magazine that shows up four times a year? Yeah, so I guess we are coming back here to a bit to to what I mentioned, you know, 10 minutes ago. Uh, For me, it's so very much about the community, about uh, connecting, you know, with with each other, you know, and around the, the, the thing we love, which in this case is photography. I think that's where this digital, you know, components come to play. And, and they are, of course, extremely helpful these days. I mean, internet does it all, you know... So easy and and uh, makes it also easy and and possible. First of all, that uh, you know people from from Japan and US and uh, and Europe and UK, you know, can can just jump online and and uh, talk not only about their own work, but also now about the magazine, you know, about the digital content we are also releasing. And but I think this is the the main driver behind this uh, ad, let's say additional digital content. We could be, of course, only sticking to the printed magazine and, you know, sending it out. And uh, But then, you know, everyone will be sitting with, with their glass of wine <laughs> in their armchair <laughs> and maybe talking to a neighbor or to, to, to a spouse. And that's it, right? But being in the, in the Facebook group, in the, you know, online community for the subscribers, it, it, it makes it really lively. And it's, I think it adds this very important layer, you know, to... to enjoying and uh, yeah just discussing the work we are we are publishing it's it's it makes it uh, yet you know stronger yet yet another experience there you're absolutely right i mean there are people in the frames facebook community that i have never met in person that i consider now to be good friends we talk you know Weekly, if not daily, we we share stuff. You know, a lot of good humor. Uh, it's it's been it's been a remarkable community that's come together. Yeah, and the, I, I just just to add to this because this is like a so it's like those two steps. We have the magazine, which is in our hands. Then we have the online community where we where we communicate. And just that uh, you know, those of you listening, uh, I am thinking, and it will take some time, but 
let's let's see how the how the pandemic is doing hopefully it will be slowly you know slowing down but of course i'm thinking about some kind of live events and would be exactly like you mentioned to meet them in person with those friends we just made online around frames would be just amazing i think and uh, you know go on the streets or wherever we are and and with cameras and maybe meet photographers of you know from 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 all possible different places and and actually look each other in the eyes so i think back <laughs> back to the core it really is for me mainly about, about connecting people i think it was nokia right <laughs> but <laughs> absolutely oh man i mean if, if, if there was a live event I, I would be the first one there i think that would you just will be, be there definitely yeah, yeah. well I, 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 i'm looking forward to it tomas a couple more things about the, the the group the the facebook group sometimes gets to use a neutral term, um, <laughs> just go for it. <laughs> yeah, well, let's say more energetic than, than polite, and, and I know that that that's caused a little bit of sadness. So, so tell me about the Facebook group in particular. And, and there's another question about the Facebook group I want to ask too. But tell me how you see that part of the Frames universe these days. You know, so you are referring here to, of course, to those heated discussions, right? That happen every now and mm-hmm. now and then about a particular image, you know, a particular idea or whatever it might be. And I think it's unavoidable. The fact that I'm also a pianist uh, made me kind of resistant and 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 also ready, of course, for such for such discussion. You know, you know it. Artists are very emotionally connected to their own work. To their own ideas, and and that's what we do. Artists discuss, right? We I did it when I was studying, and, I, and we are fighting over, uh, you know, interpretation of Rachmaninoff piano concerto, yeah? right? If Richter or or Bartargevich is is the better one, quote unquote, right? And it was they were not short discussions, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's exactly the same happening here in our and in our in the you know in the frames facebook group and not only in our facebook group i i know about it it's hap- it had happened before in fujilab group in, and in every other photography group or, right. or you know right so well that's a part of it when something like this happens you know the the only one line we are and i would like to thank jim mio here on this place because he's really helping with moderating the group and you know monitoring the group the only line we are really clearly you know drawing there is uh, that should not be crossed is is you know ex- like you mentioned being polite being respectful i think even the biggest differences in opinions can be always discussed in a in a polite and civilized manner so that's what we are trying you know that's the atmosphere we are trying to 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 keep in the group otherwise go ahead you know exchange your opinions we we don't have to agree with each other with each other right uh, uh, that's that's what also makes it f- Photography is so interesting and so different in many cases. Oh, absolutely. I love listening to people who have completely contrary opinions and insights than I do, because all they're going to do is, is make my world larger. Absolutely. And, and mm-hmm. you know, really, really sort of teach me what I don't see in other people's work. But, you know, also along uh, with the Facebook group, there, there is that one accolade. There, there's that one little bit of praise that everybody's uh, hoping for, and that's the editor's applause. <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, two questions. Do you really look at every image that gets posted every day? And what, what tips you over to say this? I mean, you like a lot of pictures that you don't give editor's applause to. So how, how do you decide, yeah, this one... I'm going to give the golden carrot to. 
Well, so first of all, I, you know, editor's applause, it sounds very, um, very official and maybe extremely special or something like that, which is in a nutshell, it's my, it's, it's a personal, strong emotional reaction to any given image. And you are right. I, I, I can confirm, absolutely confirm. I still do look at all pictures being posted in a, in the Facebook group. So I have my routine, you know, it's once or twice a day. I mean, we are, we are right now at around 200 pictures a day, I think. So it's, you know, oh my Lord. but, oh my Lord. but, and you know, maybe some will disagree with me and, you know, and tell me, well, you, you are not able to evaluate any given picture, you know, in a second of time or two seconds of time. But, um, I can tell you many of the photographs that ended up in a, in the frames magazine or, you know, and then based on this, the, the artists, are based on the similar reactions of mine to somebody's work. And mm -hmm. it seems like people love the work which ends up there. It's, it's not to, you know, it's not to put some extraordinary light of, on, on my, you know, curating skills or anything like this, but it is really all about my emotional, first emotional reaction to any given image. It has to catch my attention. It has to, you know, move something inside me on a deeper level. It has to... It can be fun, it can be sad, can be dramatic, can be, it can be offensive in some way. This is a different topic, right? But uh, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's a bad picture. Uh, it's, this is for a different story. We can discuss it, you know, in, on another day. So there are pictures that I like. They are clearly very good photographs, you know, beautifully composed, excellently exposed and so on and so forth. But that's where it ends. And then there are Im images that really stop me in my tracks and kind of, you know, like really touch something on a, on a, on a, on a deeper emotional level. It, it's, I know it's almost not possible to define here and, and describe, but, but that's what my personal curation is about in the end. I mean, I would not put a, a photographs into the magazine, which, which really don't, don't move me in some way, one or another. You know what I mean? So. Oh, I, I do. I, I know. I, I, and I think coming out of your background in music, this makes perfect sense because, I mean, how do you describe the emotion of sitting in an audience and listening to Tchaikovsky? There, there, there's something in there that you just say, yeah, this is it. This is right. And it would take you a lifetime and 10 books to figure out Absolutely. how to explain it. And you know, and like when you, when you already draw those parallels with music again, I mean, think about Mozart's piano sonata, right? And so you have one piece and then there are five pianists coming on stage one after another and playing this piece. So each of them is playing it differently, right? So we have a piece and then we have an interpretation. Now get, now take the Eiffel Tower in Paris, right? It's a piece. It's a, something which is there. Then we send five photographers, you know, each of them has 20 minutes and they come up with their picture. Interpretation again, me and you will find different of those interpretations. Valuable, not valuable, good, bad, uh, boring, exciting. It will be different. I am the editor of this magazine. It's it's in the end, of course, my taste, my choice. You know, sometimes, of course, I I I, uh, I, I discuss those choices. If, you know, it happened that I discussed something with you. I, I you know, I, we have the small editorial team, and uh, you know, if I am really questioning something, I I, I will reach out to you guys, and we we discuss it quickly. But uh, in the end your magazine would be full of the pictures you like. My magazine will be full of the pictures I like. So there's, there's no, <laughs> nothing, you know, scientific behind it. 
But but you, you have a broad and inclusive taste, which which is one of the things that I think makes Frames, you know, such a rock and roll magazine. You've got other projects in the works. You've got a monograph series coming along. Tell me what's going on there. Yeah, the monograph series. So the the it was a, a natural <laughs> again next step on 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 the journey, which I'm thinking about. You know about um, producing. St- high value you know beautiful photography books uh, under the frames label well, i am not yet quite yet there you know where it's not happening yet uh, and uh, it's it's an I- this is an idea it's not yet a decision so it is a decision inside me but there, there i haven't taken any any you know clear steps yet when it comes to choosing the photographers or thinking <laughs> about the format of the book but this is absolutely something i would love to uh, love to do and I am thinking really in terms of, of monographic books. So, I mean, devoting one book to one, one photographer, you know, sharing his story, you know, maybe something, maybe some written co- content along, along his images and so on. But I, I want this one book to be a story that kind of, you know, you can go through it, browse through the book and, uh, and feel how, how the story develops. It's not, not, not just a random collection of, of images. Yeah, very. It sounds like you're at the same point with the monograph series that you were originally with Fuji Love, and then you were, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you got this so, idea. So, so, so you can feel what will be happening like in 2016, right? <laughs> 26, sorry. Yeah, we we just gotta wait for that Tuesday morning when you roll over in bed and say, "Okay, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna go do this." Probably right. Um, Tomas, two more questions. The mailing problem of, of an issue a couple of years ago, that, that had to cause you ulcers when the, the delivery got all screwed up. What, what is it like, for, I mean, not being the editor, but what is it like being the publisher of a print magazine that is sent all over the world? Um, I mean, when, when it, it leaves the printer, do you simply you know, wait for the first couple of Facebook people to say, I got mine? Or you know, t- tell me what that end of it is like. Yeah, this this part of you know uh, exactly publishing a printed magazine. It, this this can get stressful, right? And uh, on one hand, this this the year when we started, you know, publishing frames, the printed magazine. So the pandemic year was a good idea. You know, um, I saw I, I felt like many people, you know, at home, needless to say, sitting at home, needing their inspiration, needing needing to bridge this gap now. Yeah, when they can't really go out photograph so much as they would normally do, and it worked out just. Wonderfully, I mean, there was clearly a need for this kind of. But at the same time, the pandemic time is not the not the best time, you know, to test postal services internationally. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I think it, I think it was volume two, right, which basically got lost in many many cases. Like you know, the, we are shipping the magazine, sending the magazine from the UK, so like the Europe is usually fine. Even though in Europe we have also sometimes some unexplainable delays and so, but you know, Australia, New Zealand, US, it was also US, right? It was volume two. Uh, people were waiting for, it was close to two months, I guess, with volume two. It, this was stressful. The thing and with the, 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 uh, the Australian issues all seem to go by submarine too. They all showed <laughs> up with water damage. Yeah, th- th- this was an isolated isolated uh, uh, accident, you know. So this we oh, okay. it's, it's not something. I mean, now things are in ninety ninety five percent. The things are back to normal. People are getting the magazines within two, maximum three weeks overseas, you know, and this is kind of standard. You know, it's also about the cost. So you can send, as you know, you can send things tracked or untracked. If everything would be tracked, would be not a problem. I mean, the the postal service becomes responsible, you know, 100% for where they, or at least they say that they are, right? <laughs> for, for where the package 
is at any given moment. What we managed to do now, and it has been the case already since volume four, I guess, we are actually tracking all US uh, packages. So without without increasing the cost of 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 uh, postage oh great so you you can be you can sleep now you know quietly at night your, your magazine will be there we know where it is and usps is also taking it over and tracking you know until it reaches your 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 mailbox more importantly, you can sleep at night. And I can uh, sleep when, a when bit more, yeah. <laughs> oh, if I remember correctly, it was here in the States where you got word that all the magazines were in a warehouse somewhere and it might be a few months before. Ex- yeah, this was something, that- yeah, very special story. I, I, I don't want to even talk about it anymore. So, and I just, I really <laughs> hope it will not happen again. But it was clearly connected with the you know, pandemic situation and uh, there were extreme delays in, in because there was less personal and... Uh, yeah, things were waiting yeah. warehouses for months. Oh man! So, Tomas, I mean, everybody who's listening to this, all you have to believe, everybody listening to this already knows the magazine, already knows the Facebook Facebook group. You know, is checking in every day to see what new images uh, there are. What what is it you, you're hoping they're taking away from their experience with the digital portion of frames w- with the print? W- what is it you finally have as your hope for them? So, someone who who decided to to join frames, subscribe to the magazine, become a member, it's a it's a combined kind of experience of of experiencing and and, and digesting those beautiful pieces of photographic work getting inspired by them, those of our subscribers who are photographing themselves, uh, and we know it as a fact because we get feedback, they really get the kick out of consuming our content and looking at those images to keep going and working on their own photography, you know, getting ideas, getting energy, and, uh, you know, basically going out of of, of their own um, homes at some point. Sometimes we need it, right? We We know it. So looking at this work of other photographers is definitely helping and this inspirational experience combined with the community experience i think that's where where our main strength is here with frames so people looking at the images creating their own closing the circle you know and and going back to the conversations in the group about their own work about somebody else's work about the magazine it's gross you know we we always those of, those of you listening who who are are into photography and you know you will know this feeling of always looking for something out there you know which which we could translate into a frame right into a photograph and uh, being satisfied on other days being completely devastated because we 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 can't see anymore you know and uh, i i would love to frames to become this kind of spine on our journey you know where we know if we need it more, we can always look back, you know, get inspiration, talk to people, and then go out, keep working on our own images. And uh, yeah, I, I would love Frames to be this this platform, this, this magazine, which accompanies you on this journey. I think it's, again, I'm starting to sound very pathetic here, or maybe <laughs> just stop me. But it is what it is, you know, it's at, the, at its core. It's really, I want to accompany people at, on their journeys, you know, as artists yeah, and as I, photographers. I, I think that's very well said. That I mean, God bless you for doing the work too, man. Tomas, th- this has been a real, real pleasure. I have enjoyed every word of this. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Scott. And the very last thing, really, I, I, I was planning it from the very beginning. I would like to thank you 
so much you know, for, for <laughs> everything you're doing for friends. And, and those of you who are here for the first time, Scott uh, is um, our main interviewers. He's our podcaster. He, he prepares content also for the, for the printed editions of magazine. You are a big part of it, Scott, and it, 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 it would not be, you know, there without you as well. So thank you well, so much. Well, thank you yeah. very much. It, 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 it is my pleasure every single day to be involved with this. Thank you, Tomas. Talk to you later. Thanks so much. Frames. Because excellent photography belongs on paper. Visit us at www.readframes.com.